Welcome to the Leadership in Context podcast with Keith Tusi. What drives you, problems or purpose? Hi, this is Keith Tusi, and welcome to Leadership in Context, where we are equipping believers to lead in every area and venue of life. So we've been talking about being better, better servants, better leaders. And so I have a question I want to ask you today. Do problems or purpose drive your life? Do problems or purpose drive your life? Now, if you want to know the answer to that, look at your calendar and ask yourself, how many things am I leading? Am I growing? And how many situations and or how many situations am I responding to? Do the things that have purpose, you know, the agenda, the vision, the drive, the desire, the destination, are they getting your best energy or are all kind of squeaky wheels getting your best energy and you're giving what's left over proverbially at the end of the day and that's the results you're getting too with major things. You're getting end of the day results. This is important. Okay. Uh, you know, somebody told me when I was first starting in ministry, I wasn't actually in ministry. I was being trained in ministry. They said something to me that I always remember. They said, sometimes you just have to give the devil an appointment. And we were talking about the context of in leadership, there's always problems. There's always needs. And uh, that doesn't mean they're bad needs. They're, they're legitimate needs. But they will always be there. Okay. And so if you don't lead, what will happen over, you know, months or years, the needs will multiply and the leadership won't multiply. So investing in leaders and leadership, even your own leadership, what you're really doing is you're enabling yourself and others technically to meet more needs. But if you start out just being driven by every interruption and, and that's not to say that they're not valid needs. I'm not making a value judgment on that. I'm looking at the big picture and trying to get you to understand that, that there is some discipline in leadership. And part of that discipline is saying, I will deal with that later. There are many times I'll get a phone call or I'll get a knock at the door or whatever it may be. And I'll just say, you know what? I cannot deal with that right now. There is something else that I have scheduled that I'm going to invest myself in and that will have to wait. And what I learned was a lot of times, especially with people needs, you know, they've been having needs for weeks or months or years, and all of a sudden they want you to deal with it. Well, that's a good thing that they're coming to you, but part of even training them in, in walking with the Lord is saying, okay, I want you to, you just, we're going to, we're going to wait this out a little bit. Uh, so today's Friday. I'll see you next Tuesday. In the meantime, I want you to read this chapter or, or uh, read this book or visit with this person or listen to this message or whatever it may be. You know, it's amazing to me over the years how many people wouldn't just do the basic thing, but yet they want to take the top of your time. Now, this is true in business too. If you have somebody that you can't train, then that's somebody you've got to look to replace, quite frankly, as soon as you're able 
to do that. You know, there's something called the 80-20 rule, and it, it applies to a lot of areas. You know, one of the first things is it says that 80% of the people do 20% of the work, and 20% of the people do 80% of the work, and so on and so forth. But I found out in leadership it's really true that 80% of the effort from a lot of ministry teams is taking care of needs and not really moving the vision forward. And my theory is, my observation is, in many years of ministry, is when a leader can begin to tilt that seesaw, begin to tilt that equilibrium, and say, okay, now we're at 70-30, now we're at 60-40, now we're at 50-50, now we're at 40-60, now we're at, and we're down to 20-80 the other way, that's when you have exponential growth in leaders, and you've multiplied leaders, and you're actually meeting more needs that way. So it's just a good, honest question. You know, I always tell people that your cash and your calendar will determine your vision and where you're going. And when you look at that calendar, you know, uh, family-wise, business-wise, ministry-wise, how much of that time is really invested in leading, getting your ministry, your job, your family, yourself to the desired place, and how much of it is just spent uh handling little problems and you can get distracted doing things that are legitimate as i was preparing this i was thinking about a friend of mine that is uh an expert mechanic i mean he's really good motor guy i used to have a really nice car a 428 super cobra jet torino gt and he was the only guy i would let really monkey with that motor when i had to adjust the valves on it he was the guy that adjusted that valves i mean he was really a good motor guy I mean, the guy was top-notch, and I took my car in. In Pennsylvania, they have, you know, uh, yearly inspections, and Pennsylvania is more thorough than a lot of states, and if you live in certain counties, which we did at the time, thank God we've escaped now, but in that county, you you had to have an emissions test too, which meant the garage doing the inspection had to buy this horrifically expensive machine you know twenty thousand dollar machine had to be connected up to a live data port in the state capitol and uh you know had to do a small greeting it was a very expensive process and then the garage would charge you like twenty five dollars and uh you know let's face it how many twenty five dollars inspections you had to do to pay for that machine plus so i was there one day and he was inspecting the car and you know, you got to jack up the car or put it on the rack. You got to take the tires off in Pennsylvania. You got to, you got to, you know, look at the front end. You've, you've got to inspect all the lighting system. You've got to inspect the brakes. You've got to look at the ball joints and the control arms and the idler arms. And I mean, if you do it by the book, it's a long process. So, you know, he takes an hour and a half to inspect the car. Uh, $25 is for the emissions thing. And I think at that time it was 25 or $35 for the regular inspection. But I thought to myself, you know, there's all this overhead in doing this. And this guy's got cars stacked up where he's going to make a lot more money working on the motors. I mean, the truth was that that inspection business was every time that guy did an inspection, it was costing him money. And it was keeping his best customers waiting because everybody wanted him, you know, service companies and fleet companies and people that, you know, had nice cars that one of their motors worked on properly. You know, this is the guy they were going to come to. And so he's spending a lot of time, you know, it's a, it's a customer service. 
Uh, but you, quite frankly, his business was at the point where he didn't need something to get people in the door. Okay. Maybe if he was starting out, that would have been legitimate, what you call a loss leader. You, you invest in something to get people in the door. But I looked at that and I think, I think that is how a lot of people do business. They're spending a lot of time doing something that is really not making them any money. And that's why in your business, you're in business to make a profit. You know, say, well, I'm in business to touch lives. Well, if you don't make a profit, you're not going to touch too many lives because broke people can't help too many people. Uh, but I think in ministry, it's really true. We do these things where, uh, you know, we're taking very valuable, critical time to do something that maybe somebody else could do. Say, well, maybe what you do is you you hire somebody and, and they do that. And he did have another guy, but in a long story, but uh, I, I think we need to understand that. You know, one of the questions you really have to ask yourself, and I've asked myself this, you know, I, I lead a whole group of churches. And so almost on a daily basis, I ask myself, is there anybody else that can do this job? A. B, is there anybody that can do this job better than I do it? Now, I'm going to tell you when you have problems, when you think, or it's even true, that you're the only one that can do all the jobs and you do them better than everybody. Let me just say, if you're the smartest person in the room all the time, you're not in a real smart room. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how else to say it. So if you're the only one that can do that job, uh, then there, there is your organization is bound by you doing that job. For every job like that that you have to do, then there's a job that only you can do that's not getting done. You know, if you've got to open the building and close the building and you've got to be the IT person and, and you've got to turn the heat on and you've got to make sure that the Sunday school curriculum is ordered. And, uh, you know, if, if you're the person doing that and you're leading your company, you're leading your church, then that means there's a half a dozen things that only you can do that are not getting done or they're getting done with leftovers. So that is really a problem. You're like that guy doing those inspections when there's great motor jobs that, you know, high tech person should be doing and pays a lot more money to do them. So I think that's, that's really a good question when you're going through the day and I'll, I'll tell you two big ones for ministry. I'll tell you two big ones. Number one is counseling. Okay. Uh, a lot of people think because they're in ministry, they should be doing counseling. And most of them shouldn't be doing counseling because that's not their gifting and it's not what they're trained in. And there's probably somebody better than them at any given point, And somebody else should just do it. They don't have to be the answer man, the answer woman for everybody. Uh, one of the other things is, is just follow up visitation, hospital visitation, things like that. Honestly, uh, in ministry, if there's not somebody else that can do it, then we need to stop what we're doing and train that person to do it. Now, translate that into your business. What little things, follow-up calls, ordering material, uh, details, calendar items that somebody else can be doing that you can hand them say, I, I need you to do this because I'm going to focus on something else. Uh, and that's important that you train that person to do it. And of course, training is front end loaded. That means you've got to be willing to make a little bit of an investment on the front end of things so that people know what to do and they know why to do it. Like with the staff around me, a lot of times, you know, they will ask me about what should I do about this? And here's how I usually answer them. What do you think I would do? That's almost, almost always my answer. 
And I want them to give me the answer. And then I'll say, and why would I do that? So that there's a process because I want to be able to trust them with that decision-making. And I can tell you that in our process right now, uh, I would say conservatively that 80% of the time, if there's something comes up, they know the decision to make and it's off of my plate and we can roll forward because we've practiced this. We've worked at it. We've talked about it. So that when I'm making a decision, I'm not just telling them how I, you know, what I ended up with. I'm literally processing with them and telling them how I think. So you've got to train people a little bit and that takes some front end investment time and it's very valuable. That's how you get on one page and that's how you release yourself to do the things that are completely most important. Hey, I hope this helped you and I really want to challenge you on the problem and purpose thing. You can't avoid problems. Problems are are critical to handle, but that doesn't mean that you've got to be the doer and the fixer of all great things, okay? Hey, this is Keith Tusi for Leadership in Context. God bless you. In leadership, there are always problems and needs that are legitimate. They will always be there. Tilting that 80-20 seesaw will allow you to multiply leaders and be able to meet more needs. Thanks for listening this week to another episode of Leadership in Context with Keith Tusi. Join us next week as Keith continues to equip believers to lead in every area and venue of life. As always, subscribe, like, rate, and share our podcast. To contact Keith or ask him a question, email podcast at nrpastors.com. If you would like more information, you can check out our website, find us on Facebook, or follow us on Instagram at nrpastors. See you next week.